Welcome, travelers, to the frozen north. Venture Maidens is proud to bring you this one-shot adventure as part of the podcasts of the Frostmaiden event. In this episode, you'll see new content from the brand new Wizards of the Coast campaign book, Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frostmaiden. If this horrifying tale delights your senses, please consider listening to the rest of the Venture Maidens catalog, which you can find anywhere podcasts are free. As a warning, this episode does contain themes of claustrophobia, body horror, and violence against animals. If these themes are uncomfortable for you, you might wish to skip this episode. Please also consider giving a listen to the other wonderful one-shots made by our fellow podcasts of the Frostmaiden participants, including shows from Adventure They Wrote, Dice Shame, One-Shot Onslaught, and Red Moon Roleplaying. Thank you to Wizards of the Coast for allowing us to participate in this chilling event. But without further ado, let's begin our tale. Welcome to a super duper special episode of the Venture Maidens podcast. For those of you who are new to the Venture Maidens, welcome. We're a D&D actual play 5th edition podcast, and we are so excited to be part of this event podcast of the Frost Maiden, bringing you a very special one shot using content from the Wizards of the Coast publication, Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, which I had the privilege of helping write. So this is uh, very near and dear to my heart. So thank you so much to Wizards for having us for this event. We hope you, uh, well, enjoy this little taste of the frosty, terrifying north uh, that is Icewind Dale. But uh, that's that's the generals. Uh, so, hey, everybody. My name is Celeste Konowich. I am a designer, a podcaster, a streamer out there, uh, all around lover of RPGs. And today I am going to be your dungeon master. Hi, everybody. I am Katie. You can find me on Twitter at lazy underscore mermaiden, where you can keep up with all my art stuff that I do, all the streams that I play in. Um, and check out my Etsy store where I sell uh, lots of fun D&D inspired pins and jewelry and a few more bars of our own Venture Maiden soap. Today I'm going to be playing Faravalen Tiefling Sorceress. What's up? I'm Sage and I am a fellow player here on the Venture Maidens podcast. I also run uh, some games on our Twitch channel that you can find us on our schedule if you check out our Twitter and today I am Cara Brynhilda, the saucy mountain dwarf barbarian cleric. Ooh. And we are so excited to have a very, very special guest joining us uh, for this episode. So say hi, who are you? Hi, I'm Michaela Ebel, your favorite Asian American non-binary writer, editor, and game designer. Today I'm playing Wei, the snowy white tabaxi druid. I am so excited to meet Way. So uh, for those who haven't listened to some of our podcasts of episodes before, we do use the characters that we we play in our normal campaign. And all of these uh, sort of one shot journeys we go on are little like side quests, little dips into, uh, you know, out of our homebrew world and to visit places like Faerun 
or some other planes. Um, if you've stuck around with us, we've been part of quite a few of these. Uh, so that is what we were going to be doing today. We're starting things off uh, with our two characters, Farah and Kara. So while this is happening, you know, uh, Saya and Arnadel are other party members. Perhaps they're busy. They're getting up to some, you know, alchemical problem solving or just like working out. So uh, we have our, our tiefling and our dwarf here. And uh, it is a typical day at the Elysium Keep, which is, of course, where the Sisters of Sorrow stay, you know, where you all live in between missions. So, yeah, where where do we find you on this uh, this day off before you? Uh, before you get a job. Where do you always find us? We're at the bar. <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> Why do I even ask? Okay, what if what if the bar is closed today for oh, renovations? Lord. Where is the pop-up bar in the Elysium Keep? <laughs> oh, it's definitely in the sort of main sort of square uh, in mm. the in Elysium Keep where it has like a training ring and very nice gardens that people stroll around and you know to, to take a break from their midday tasks. And so I definitely imagine that Kara and Farah are enjoying a pitcher of mimosas, basking in the beautiful morning light. <laughs> there isn't a better way to start the day. <laughs> no, just al fresco mimosas on the on the Some new bruschetta. <laughs> bruschetta and uh, fancy. Um, we're getting fancy here at the Elysium Keep. So you all are enjoying this this delightful garden meal. Uh, and I think, you know, you see some other smatterings of agents around you also, you know, really enjoying this uh, this bar since the, the Middle Sister Tavern is closed uh, for like an annual deep clean. <laughs> so, uh, so you all are enjoying uh, this day when a familiar individual walks up to your table. Uh, you recognize immediately the Keep Artificer, uh, a gnome by the name of Wizban. Uh, and Wizban works for the Keep, maintaining and making all sorts of artificer creations, uh, including the steeds that are used by most of the agents here. So uh, that's kind of his thing, building these uh, awesome effigies. Wizban comes up to you and, you know, he, he his hair is all out of sorts and covered in oil, as usual, uh, when he kind of wanders up to your table and, like, pushes his, you know, bottle glass glasses up his nose. And sort of scratches his beard, um, just standing by your table. Uh, do you want a drink? That helps me solve problems. Sometimes. <laughs> oh, uh, no, uh, I mean, uh, that's, uh, that's very kind of you. But, uh, no, no, I, uh, I was wondering if, um, well, if you're not, um, if you're not too busy. And he starts kind of curling a mustache. Uh, you know, in, in in his fingers. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you are you no, not? Are you too busy? I don't I don't mean to be. Um, and he kind of like dabs at his forehead, where like some sweat has started to show up. Oh. I, I no no. We're I mean we're just having a day off. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, uh, oh god. Uh, well I I I'm so sorry. I I, I wouldn't usually bother anyone with this, but I, I do have something that sort of needs an adventurer's hand and um i was wondering i mean you all have such you know great such a great track record uh with these sort of things that uh, i was wondering if perhaps you would um be able to help uh yeah fair just like takes her little toasty and she just shoves it in her mouth and kind of like wipes the crumbs off she's like what uh what what do we got oh yeah um well uh it's a it's a funny story uh 
have you ever been to uh, Icewind Dale? Excuse me, what? Oh, Icewind Dale. It's, uh, it's, it's on the Sword Coast. It's sort of an enclosed area. Uh, lots of snow. Very dark. Uh, not a lot of people live there, but, um, I, I mean, it's beautiful, they say. Uh, I, I've never actually been there. Um, I, but I do have friends who, who live there, or, or rather, I, I suppose, friends that work there, and that's sort of the root of the problem. All right. Well, what do you need us to do? Well, I uh, I had some friends who were uh, studying in Icewind Dale. Uh, you know, they had they have a, uh, a research base, and you know, they they were looking at some of the the animal life. Um, fascinating, really. You know, studying Arctic zoology. I mean, considering these creatures survive in these extreme environments, you know, it, it, it's amazing. So, uh, you know, of course, I would have people who are working there, and and there they were, and you know, we had sort of a thing going, like communication back and forth. I, I I'm working on some new projects. They were helping me, so on and so forth. And, you know, we have these regular uh, check-ins where they'll, you, you know, send messages back and forth. And, um, well, a, I, they've missed a few of these these message points, these communications. And um, our, our research is of a sort of time-sensitive nature. So I was just wondering if perhaps you could go there and uh just just check up on them for me just you know make sure everything's okay that that sort of thing yeah i'm down for going to a pretty place to check on friends i love the snow (laughs) oh great uh good yes you will definitely need winter clothes it um apparently they're having some kind of problem to something about a perpetual winter and uh evil god and I, 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 but anyway, it's it's colder than usual. Is really the just what you need to know. It's a it's a little bit colder than usual. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've already talked to Valerius, um, and you you know he he can send you there, no problem. Um, and, and I know he he wor- works with a guide in the area. Um, a, a, some some local. Uh, so so basically, all you would need to do is is just teleport there, meet with this individual, um, and then you know go up to the base. Uh, and, uh, just check things out. Uh, uh, easy peasy. Enjoy the snow. Uh, you make a snow angel. <laughs> it's, uh, it, you, you know, it's... Uh... Oh, and if we have to go up the base, that means we have to come back down the base, which means we get to go sledding! Oh, okay, for a second this still isn't sounding like a vacation anymore, but if they're sledding... <laughs> oh, but, oh, but skiing. Yeah, okay, no, this is, yeah, yeah, no, no. No, skiing's good, skiing's good. Right, well, uh... Thank you <laughs> so much for uh, being so uh, so helpful. That's uh, that's that's incredible. Um, well, I can certainly uh, you know, uh, provide some uh, some cold weather clothing. I know we we have that sort of thing around here. And um, uh, if there's anything else you need, uh, I could uh, see what I could do. But I mean, time is sort of you know, of the essence. Uh, no, I got a full belly, and uh, if you give me a big fat marshmallow coat, I I'll be good. Marshmallow coat. Uh, yes, I'll see what I can do. Oh, okay. Well, uh, why don't we all meet up? Uh, grab everything you need, and we'll meet in the arcane tower and uh, g- get all the teleports ready, and and I'll bring everything I have, and uh, we'll just uh, we'll just get this uh, get this started. Go to Icewind Dale, come back easy peasy. Okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, I'll see you up there in uh, thir- thirty minutes. And he sort of does like big gnomish finger guns at you. <laughs> uh, pew pew. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, artificer get it ah, so guns <laughs> yeah okay uh, all right i'll see you up there <laughs> it hurts and he, he, 
he scurries he away uh, and he comes back and like grabs a roll off the table and is like waves uh, and you know moves back off into his workshop oh yeah um so any before we go to the teleporter and meet valerius is there anything the two of you would like to do or take care of or make sure to grab uh before you uh before you go no i'm just gonna go to my room grab the usual gear for kicking butt and head on down to the meeting point kicking some butt yeah let me go ahead and look in this book real quick to see if there's something really useful um he might be able to give you because it is cold. <laughs> cold uh, AF. Yeah, one thing you're going to get from this book is that it is extremely cold, um, and they're really mean about it. I'm hot-blooded. That's not nice. <laughs> I was born for this. I grew up under the mountains. I grew up under the mountains. It was cold. <laughs> the frigid snow. I'm feeling where it's just to be cold and a lot of hiking. Everything fair is not good for. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this is definitely Kara's ideal vacation in Ferris. Like third circle of hell. <laughs> oh no, sweet summer child, Farah. <laughs> Winter survival gear on page twenty. Oh, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Give me a fur coat. Okay, yeah. So they can. Uh, <laughs> Uh, provide you with clothing, comma, cold weather, uh, and crampons, and oh, uh, yeah. snowshoes yeah. are things. Crampons are the tracks that you put on the bottom of your shoes so they oh. can grip the ground better. Yeah, so you can walk on ice. Human yeah. winter tires. Totally not what I was thinking. Yeah. You do You do crampons uh, when you want to walk across <laughs> slippery, and then you do snowshoes when you... We're, we're all doing crunches. This is a podcast. No one can see that. Everyone. <laughs> that was the point. Our efforts. <laughs> Our efforts are no, no. <laughs> uh, they know how bad we are at crunches. Um, okay. And then snowshoes are the ones you put on uh, when you want to walk across uh, like powdery snow. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Uh, so uh, just give me a quick description of what your winter clothes look like, uh, Farah. <laughs> I, I heard big, big marshmallow. I imagine very large marshmallow coat. Uh, yeah, I imagine that uh, this artificer is more of the, uh, uh, not for appearances, so I'm, I'm wearing, like, the snow pants that every mom put their child in uh, oh, in no. the Midwest. <laughs> if you're from the Midwest, you know. Um, and I like the overall snow yeah, pants. Yeah, just the worst. Yeah. Uh, I got, like, the flappy hat, uh, and I've got the big coat with the big fur hood uh, and just big old mittens. Yeah, just big ol' big ol' scarf eighty times around my neck. Like I'm barely a person anymore. I'm a mass. I'm a golem of winter gear. <laughs> uh, fantastic. That should be. I hope that's a monster in the book. <laughs> golem of winter gear. It's a mimic. Um, oh no, snow pants mimic. Oh, oh no. God. no, no. <laughs> That was a gift for you, Chris Perkins. Make it. Perkins, uh, cover your ears. Perkins, <laughs> don't, don't listen. And then what does Kara's uh, snow snow clothes look like? Uh, so Kara, you know, she, like, digs through uh, one of, like, her trunks in her room that has, like, clothes from before she came to the Sisters of Sorrow. And it's like, I really don't need these, but I can't bear to get rid of them. So oh, yeah. she's yeah. like, I found a special occasion. Ha-ha! And so it's uh, a set of uh, moose furs that have been 
like stitched and sewn together uh so it's all like just like dark dark rich browns with green thread and some like uh just little hints of gold and yet she also has one of those uh flappy eared hats Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know it's just barely sitting on like it's really more perched precariously on top Mm -hmm. of her big red curly mane of hair yeah (laughs) yeah Kara's a moose. Uh, <laughs> Why do you look put together and I look like the lost and found? <laughs> Kara it's a different brought... kind of lost and found. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 yes. <laughs> Kara brought her around. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So you, uh, you suit up and uh, immediately in this weather, you know, as you're trying things on, it's, it's uncomfortable, but you know that it will, it will be well used uh, in due time here. So you uh, do filter into, you know, the the arcane tower um, and you see Valerius, uh, the dragonborn who, you know, sort of manages uh, magical matters uh, for the Elysium Keep. And uh, there is the familiar teleporter uh, gate circle thing uh, that you've used many times uh, to be beamed to different destinations. And uh, as you arrive in there, Wizban is, you know, already waiting for you all, and he's just smiling so widely. He looks so grateful, and he's clutching sort of like a map in his hands. Uh, and he, you know, walks up to you. He's like, thank you, seriously, again, so much, uh, so much for doing this. Um, so here is the, uh, the, the general map. Uh, of the area, I, it probably won't mean a lot to you, but you, but your guide will certainly know what this means. Um, you know, you're you're basically going to start down here uh, and then make your way up into the mountains, and then you know this is the outpost here. It's um it's pretty remote, so it, it will take a bit of doing to get up there. But uh, you know that that's sort of the thing. Uh, these people are there to study nature, so uh, as far from other people as possible is just sort of the way this this whole thing works. And, you know, when you do get there, it's a, it's a team of gnomish scientists. So, you know, I'm sure just maybe a piece of equipment or, or something, you know, went down. So uh, we really just need confirmation, you know, uh, that everything's going to be okay. Actually, uh, yes, we'll, we'll use this. And he sends you a scroll. Uh, that is a uh, sending spell that you can use to, uh, to, to contact me. Uh, just when we have confirmation or, you know, if, if there's anything broken, can, you know, start, start getting that all together for you. All right. Well, beam me up, Valley. And Valerius is like, uh, yes, of course, just step onto the platform and you all can do so. And with that... He throws, uh, he throws the switch, and you experience that, uh, that elevator music that we've decided happens when you're going through teleportation. Uh, and, uh, you feel yourself, you know, that, that rise in the pit of your stomach, and then the fall, like, you, like, almost on going over a roller coaster mountain as you land, um, in place, and immediately, the biting chill, uh, creeps in, even despite all of the, the winter clothing you are wearing, you are standing on just a snowy field, uh, and as you look out all around you, it just looks like miles and miles of crystal white as you see gentle rolling hills, uh, but not much else uh, in this area here. And as you look up into the sky, you know that it's daytime, or it's supposed to be, but the sky almost seems cast in this this twilight, like early night look. And you can see up in the sky dancing green and purple colors of an aurora borealis just dancing up there in the sky. You also see someone... 
Uh, I think maybe it takes them a minute because everything is so white uh, and we have uh, someone standing here. So, uh, Michaela, uh, do you want to go ahead and describe what they see, who they see here? You see a rather small humanoid figure covered in these big fluffy um, like sheets of wool and skins. And there's like a big hood pulled up and on the very top layer of these skins is like these two tail ribbons with little feathers on them. And the figure turns around and you see a fluffy, kind of chubby white face of a snowy white tabaxi. (laughs) Fantastic. Farrah kind of like looks over. Uh, and she's like six foot tall, but normally she's like a beanpole, so it doesn't matter. But she looks enormous in all of her clothes. And she just kind of like sticks up her arm, kind of like cocked out because she doesn't have full range of movement and waves over. And she's like, hello. Hey, are are you the, the guide Valerius? The, and I wave the map around. We <laughs> 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 will reach under the many layers of skins and pull out a lantern and kind of like hold it up to see you better and says um i think so it's very possible are you looking for way professional druid <laughs> like how I, she's already so cat <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, totally, 100%. Valerius definitely said your name. (laughs) Well, what can I help you with? Well, uh, we have a map. I'm not great with them, but apparently you can help us get to this point uh, where we're supposed to meet up with our friends of uh, gnomish origins who are doing some some crafting artificer stuff. I don't know if, if you know mm. this area, but uh. Oh, yes. I've been here for quite a while. You could say I know my way around ten times. <laughs> yeah, and um, as you're looking, you know, just a quick view of the map way, uh, I mean, they are pointing out this spot that's like way up in uh, the Spine of the World mountain range. Uh, so looking at where you are now and where this mountain range is, I mean, you're going to be looking at, you know, a, a few days worth of walking um, at this point. Uh, to to get to the location. You also know that it's a pretty dangerous spot uh, since it's so far up there in the mountains and, you know, the mountains, people don't live there, but lots of monsters certainly do. Yetis and dragons and all kinds of awesome creatures uh, that stalk Icewind Dale. Well, that looks like a bit of a trek. Um, Wei's gonna walk around each of you and just kind of look up and down at your snow gear. <laughs> Um, and you notice that it, rather than snowshoes, it looks like they're little cat paw shaped boots that have kind of a little magical aura and it's just like tiptoeing on top of the snow. I love it. She says, okay, I think you'll do. 
<laughs> Do you want to actually, uh, both uh, Farah and Kara, if you want to just give a short description of what what way sees? I mean, I don't even know how yeah. much of you we we see <laughs> in between. <laughs> you're wrapped in your winter clothes, but sort of, yeah. What? Just give a, a brief description of what way can tell uh, after kind of looking you up and down. Uh, yeah, so Farrah's a six-foot-tall tiefling. Um, right now, she looks like she's just swole as heck. Just very <laughs> so large. Uh, but uh, she does not carry herself that way at all. You can tell that she's, like, kind of... She, she walks like a caster. Um, but uh, she's got brown skin, and you can see, like, haphazardly, like, teal hair poking out from underneath her giant hat. Um, and she's got these big, um, feline-like gold eyes. Um, and her tail right now just is, like, kind of swishing in. And she's got, like, a little muff around it. Um, oh, cute. But she just looks just horrified and like she's been <laughs> fooled. <laughs> this is a dirty trick. <laughs> uh, and standing next to Farah is... A, an individual is Kara, about four and a half feet tall, as wide as she is tall, with this just untamable mane of springy red curls, and uh, just and with uh, a perpetual red five o'clock shadow. And you can see that she has a huge frosty axe like strapped to her back. Uh, yes, and a big old shield. Well, I hope you brought hand warmers, because it looks like that could be a little cold to the touch. Sha'an, is there anything you'd like to know about Icewind Dale, our beautiful land full of terrors, before we set out on our journey? Terrors? Oh, God. Uh, Wizband didn't say terrors, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, what, uh, what terrors can we be expecting... Uh, is there, like, a hot spring somewhere with, like, a spa? <laughs> hot springs? <laughs> and some snow monkeys. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she just, like, goes into her eight million times large scarf, just, like, just depressed. <laughs> well, just keep your eyes open and try not to get separated if we get hit by a blizzard. Great. <laughs> Car gives a big over exaggerated thwap on Farah's back on Farah's back to be like, Don't worry, you got this kid. <laughs> oh yeah, it'll definitely be fine. Oh god. <laughs> no problems at all. So you do have this this four day journey or so ahead of you, uh, just to get up uh, to the to the point where this is marked on the map. So uh Wei, I will say, I mean, you were paid quite handsomely to take on this job so if you did want to devote any of those resources to getting maybe uh sled dogs um or axe beaks um since axe beaks are bred here there's a special uh extra fluffy variety uh specifically known in icewind dale um you definitely would have had the funds to secure these things okay i'll mention them um do either of those sound like an option you'd be interested in i'm guessing you don't want quite that much of a leg workout no, I've skipped leg day every day of my life. Um, I'm all for puppies. Dogs! <laughs> to be quite Dogs. honest, not my favorite. But <laughs> that'll do. That'll do. 
I know just the person. Ooh, tell us, uh, yeah, so tell us, way about your uh, your contact where you're going to go get these dogs. We can narrate that, you know, just, just real quickly. What is, uh, what's that all about? I'll say I'll take them to some dog trainer, sled dog trainers, where they had gotten loose and we got into a bit of an altercation. <laughs> um, and through a series of unfortunate events, we became friends. A uh, series of unfortunate events. Very cool. Um, so yeah, so let's... Looking at this... I'm just looking at the dog section, just in case there's anything there's we need to dog know. dog section. Oh yeah, there's all there's about... Because I mean, section. I need this. <laughs> sled dogs. Uh, using sled dogs is one of the best ways to get around Icewind Dale. Obviously. Um, so they are they are quite common. Horses? Hardly nowhere. No, uh, horses... <laughs> die <laughs> who is she they just, horse girl uh no horse girls here um question can we take these back to the normal camping <laughs> can, can we just always use sled dogs I just want puppies sure so uh she said sure <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so, excuse me i'm trying to beat i can't do y'all, y'all are, i can't how dare you <laughs> Uh, so dog sleds. An empty sled costs two hundred gold pieces, weighs thirty pound or three hundred pounds, and has room at the back for one driver. A sled dog, which uses the wolf stat block, uh, costs about fifty gold pieces and can pull around uh, three hundred and sixty pounds. So Kara, you'll definitely need at least two dogs um, <laughs> to carry you she and thick. all of your gear. She thick. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh you and you definitely have the funds to cover all of these. So uh what what dogs does Way have a special way of picking out dogs? Uh a special druid vibe uh that we get here. Ooh. The ones that look the least desperate for attention. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The ones that look like they will not try to talk to me. They will not jump up on you. Do not speak. I will I will like wave around my druidy paws and then completely non-magically just be like that one <laughs> yeah, yeah make make a big show out of it yeah. and the dog trainers are standing there looking at you and looking at each other and then looking at both fair and Kara like is, is it? just waving and like just go with she's it. a professional stand back Oh, oh, professional okay. druid uh, right <laughs> they, you know and through this process you do manage to you know you let's say you each get two dogs just to, to make the journey faster so you each get uh rigged up with a sled uh pulled by two dogs each and uh we can begin our journey across uh across the tundra so with these dogs the journey goes a lot smoother than certainly if you were walking. And I'm going to say you're probably going to be traveling over mostly flat land for about two days worth of this travel before you finally like get up into the mountains. And it's going to be an arduous process of like sometimes you can use the dogs. Sometimes you'll have to unhitch them and lead them as you're climbing like up the mountains towards this this icy peak where this uh, place is. And traveling in this place is absolutely miserable the cold never abates and no matter how long you travel no matter how many days that perpetual night is always there it never gets brighter than this sort of like beginning of the evening it gets a whole lot darker uh but then it's immediately back it's it's you don't see the sun uh for days 
during this and the wind is constantly biting at you, howling at your backs, finding every crack and cranny, every zipper, every buttonhole. It just creeps in there and is unrelenting. And um, as you're traveling, with this in mind, you see no structures, no people out here. It's just you and this frosty, frosty world of white that you are passing through. And you begin your climb up into the mountains on that third day. Farah, Kara, how how do you think you're uh, doing with this journey and this general misery? How are you all handling it? Oh, miserable. I, at some point, Farah has like hitched her sleigh onto another sleigh and just laid down on it, like just let me die. This <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst. You know, if you start to cry shut so i don't recommend it oh my god i hate this place. <laughs> <laughs> um, way is making a joke but it may not be evident it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> land she's inconsolable <laughs> the only thing that brings peace is the cuddle puddle of puppies at night mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i mean a few times i i guess uh farah would have tried to uh, bring out her wings to see if she's just gonna get like blown off a cliff or if like <laughs> yeah honestly i mean you can you can fly when it's clear but these blizzards happen quite frequently i think if you're you know traveling for like four days you probably get stuck in at least five of these things and when a blizzard rolls in you cannot fly at all i mean Blizzards stop even dragons from flying, just as a, a point of reference uh, for you. So we're talking like ancient white dragons don't fly in these Ooh. blizzards. So okay, y- yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's it's just like hunker down and ground bound. Um, how's Kara doing? How's Kara doing with all this? Uh, Kara is trying to look impressive to mm-hmm. to Wei, <laughs> and is also trying to console poor Farah. So she just makes like little snow snow sculptures, like during the blizzard, to be like, "Look, look, Farah, it's a fox. It's gonna poop you on the nose." And Farah's just like, "No, it's cold. <laughs> Don't touch me! She's just like little like like flame spells like get it away, get it away. <laughs> I hate snow. <laughs> uh but Kara's definitely like it's been a long time. She's definitely never been in snow like this, and it's been a long time since she's been in like a real true frigid environment. So she's just doing her best to try and like keep keep Farrah's spirits up but it's just like she's also feeling just she's tired (laughs) yeah it is because it's a constant slog because you know it it feels like you know you can't sleep because it's so cold you can't sit down because it's so cold you can't walk because it's so cold it's it's constant it's unrelenting um Way, how are you? Have you led a lot of people before? Is this experience uh, pleasant for you, or what's uh, how's Way handling these two? Way thinks that it's fine. <laughs> She's led a few people before, mm-hmm. and definitely acts like it's been more. Mm-hmm. You know, gotta talk up your experience. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the clientele always be branding. Yep. <laughs> always be branding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Occasionally, when they seem to be particularly stressed out, um, she will 
try to create some entertainment. Um, she has the create bonfire spell, so just a comforting fire, even if it doesn't actually make it warmer. <laughs> yeah, just the idea of a fire. Just is the, sort of the nice. concept. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're telling me mm-hmm. that this place is so cold that you sit by a fire and you don't feel anything? <laughs> The wind honestly blows the heat away before you. It can even get to you. And you couldn't feel it anyway through all the layers you're wearing. It's it's more of an emotional support bonfire. Mm-hmm. Emotional. <laughs> I mean, your emotional support bonfire needs. Uh, that's like number one on your resume. Hilarious. <laughs> yes. is like, ooh, nice. Special skills. Yes. You're kindling um, my spirits. <laughs> Oh, Ooh. <laughs> so you you continue on through this misery uh, and make your way up through the winding spine of the world. Uh, these mountains are called the spine of the world because they are the tallest place in Faerun. They stretch so far up into the sky. Uh, you know, they there's all kinds of legends and lore about you know the what these mountains were. You know, if the earth cracked and they showed up, or if they're sleeping giants, or you know, hiding ancient beasts beneath them. Uh, There are a thousand and one legends about the spine of the world, and all you really know about it is it is hard. It is slow going. You are constantly breaking out those climbing kits to cross chasms and gaps and places where there used to be bridges or natural crossings, but they have since collapsed or just been blown away. Um, So you come to a point now, you start to recognize way um, just before where this kind of encampment was, which is sort of set up like on a a flat top peak. uh, There is this like final large pass that you have to go through to get there. And so when you do approach this this spot, it's really what it is, is like two glaciers uh, that you're walking in between. So these are just gigantic walls of crystalline, like blue ice on either side of you that stretches out in this long, long tunnel forward um, leading towards this, this upper peak area. So you've reached this point. You're shaking. Any wisdom you want to share with the, with the group? No. Hmm? Hmm? Let's, let's do it. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, great, fantastic. We're doing great, everyone. <laughs> you know, this is fine. <laughs> Nothing bad has happened yet. Yeah, it hasn't been that bad. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, and uh, so you you press your way forward into this like crack in between these two glaciers here, and I think you probably get about halfway through when way you notice that the ground starts to shake. A little bit beneath your feet, the first tremors of a uh, of movement come to you. And um, to your left, you'll see one glacier. To your right, you'll see another one. And below, the ground is shaking, but don't be too alarmed. I would recommend not raising your voices too much. What? What? <laughs> what? And you let out. <laughs> no, you did it. You let out a big what? And uh, as you do, your voice echoes and travels like during down this very thin corridor and you feel the gr- shaking in the ground kind of grows and like rattles up into the walls. And it almost sounds like crystal, like as these these icy walls are, you know, starting to move and you hear a crack 
coming from somewhere behind you. As one of these snowy peaks, you see just this massive piece of ice break off and starts to careen down the hill right towards you and right into this this chasm here. And you are still quite far, I would say about 300 feet or so, uh, to the end of this, this gap here, but you see this avalanche rocketing down towards you. So we're going to be running an avalanche, which is a cool new environmental, cool new environmental hazard uh, that this book introduces. Uh, So when an avalanche occurs, basically all uh, creatures involved, we're all going to roll initiative. And the avalanche itself has an initiative turn. uh, And basically, you need to try and outrun this uh, before it gets you. Or we go into some some other prime prime rules uh, for what happens. So everybody, let's roll some initiative. I'm going to be a jerk to myself. And this entire time in this outfit, I'm going to give myself disadvantage. (laughs) Because I'm I'm just miserable. I can't move. (laughs) Like That's that, fair. Like the littlest kid in a Christmas story yes, who's exactly. just <laughs> basically basically a starfish. <laughs> uh, Screaming on the ground, can't get up. I still got an 18. Wow. Okay, fair with an 18. Uh, Carter, what'd you get? 19. Okay, and Way? 16. Okay, wow, you all are doing so good. For now. (laughs) (laughs) For now. Um, So it's like starting 100 feet or so behind you. And I'll say, so you actually, you have 200 feet to go to to get out of this this icy crack. Uh, And I will say, as you look up above you... um, the the walls of this are are super duper high um so you know flying up is also unfortunately not going to probably save you from this wall of snow that is coming in here uh real quick so uh kara we start with you you see it looks like a tidal wave of ice and snow and rock that is just rocketing towards you at at an incredible speed Uh, So you see this behind you and the growing roar of this too, because also the sound of all of this falling uh, is just echoing in these icy, you know, this icy chasm here. So it is loud and it is scary. (laughs) What are you doing? Kara is going to cast Guidance on Farah and begin hauling ass. <laughs> Run! As fast as her wee little legs can carry her. Are you running or are you sledding? Oh, yeah. Are you on the dogs or on... Yeah. On- oh, I, fi- I figured because we were having to climb up and everything that we would be, like, not be able oh, to sled yeah, you probably, Yeah, the dogs are probably unchained at this point. Yeah. Um. So the, the dogs are going to be on their own to try and make it through uh, this. So, okay. Uh, well, yeah, so she's gonna, yeah, she's gonna use her action to cast guidance, she's gonna collect, like, the dogs on the leashes, and then start, yeah, and then start using her movement to run her first 35 feet. <laughs> Ooh, 35 feet, that's fun. Um, <laughs> okay, 35 feet forward, uh, okay, and then, uh, Farah. <laughs> You uh you feel this this divine guidance. Uh, you see, Kara yeah grabs like the, you know the leads for all the dogs, which I think are kind of bundled up at this point, and you know runs as fast as her little legs can take her. Oh no! Okay, I'm going to trust in uh, our guide <laughs> that <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Uh, and since I can only do two, I'm gonna haste Kara and myself. 
<laughs> just be like, go! <laughs> just like, just awkwardly waddling through the snow as fast as I can. Uh, and I'm just yes. like, checking back to make sure that uh, Way is uh, doing okay. Cause she's fine. Where there's a will, there's a way. I've been waiting so long to say that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. Okay. Uh so you uh, I'm sorry, were you moving thirty feet forward also? Oh yeah, you know, with haste you're I'm moving sixty. Alright, so you are sixty. Uh so Farah, yeah, with that with that magic on you see Farah just pulls ahead of you. Uh Kara just <laughs> running at top speed. Uh and then Wei, we come to you. Um Wei is going to do a wild shape. Especially Ooh. now that she's not so worried about her wards. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it'll be a giant eagle. Wow. Cool. Extremely and cool. And we'll do the, um, the fisher eagle. Ooh. Cool. Yeah. And how fast do you... Is, it's a, what kind of druid are you? Is it an action to transform or bonus action? Um, I'm a... I'm a moon druid. So bonus action and... Yeah, nice. That's eighty feet flying Ooh. speed. Oh. Yeah, that she sounds gone. that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, Way turns into a bird. <laughs> Cry. Cry! Wow, what a professional! <laughs> <laughs> professional druid. Cry! Cry! <laughs> uh, extremely good. Extremely good. Uh, so Way pulls eighty feet ahead, uh, and then my avalanche moves. Um, so this thing moves at. A very very fast rate and you can see that the avalanche has already consumed the point where you all started um so kara you see this this avalanche is only 35 feet behind you um at this point so basically all the ground you have gained mm-hmm. it's it's already <laughs> consumed all of that uh so the avalanche is pushing forward uh and then we go ahead and we get to kara again Right on your trail. <laughs> oh yes, freshly, freshly hasted by the mm-hmm. wonderful Farah. She will run 140 feet in her turn by using her movement and dashing. Wahoo! She dragging those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, she's just like picked them up. <laughs> yeah, I have all of the dogs. Are holding six dogs? Someone make art, please. Someone, please. Oh yes. Um, okay, so uh, you get uh, so you are so close, Carl. You're like only twenty five feet away from uh, from from that that point where you're going to be clear uh, of this this chasm. Uh, and then Farah, we come to you. All we can really do is run. <laughs> so I'm going to dash. Is my action so I can do sixty, and then I get to double that again for haste, right? Yes. So, 120. So you move forward 120 feet. So uh, you are also, you know, so close, so close to escaping this uh, point. And then way continuing to fly forward. Yes. So, uh, so if you dash, you go 160 feet. 160. Yeah, that's that's right. Wow. Uh, so you so clear fast. it easy. Yeah, as you you just shoot forward um, out of this this chasm, and you know now that you can fly up, you can definitely get out of the way uh, of this this avalanche here. So you are good and clear on the other side. And then we go ahead, and my avalanche is going to move 
Oh, cool. So it's going to get both of you, Kara and Feyre. Cool. So you are running for dear life, like, you know, as fast as your arcanely charged bodies can. But still, you feel the sudden pelting of rocks and snow behind you as suddenly you are running in a wall of white and you cannot see each other. You can't see anything. You are being buffeted from all sides as this avalanche catches up to you. So I need you both to go ahead and make me a strength saving throw. Oh, I'm real good at those. To see if you can you can keep running. <laughs> uh, 15. I'm going to use my gift of the past to reroll that. Nice. No, you. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Okay, that is a 17. Okay, uh, so both of you manage to stay up <laughs> as this happens, though you are going to be buffeted with some of the rocks and stuff flying around in here. Uh, so you both are going to take 10 points of bludgeoning damage um, as uh, still these shards of ice and rock. You you manage not to fall down, which is very good, uh, but you are still being blasted uh, with all of this this stuff here. Okay, and then uh, starting back up, uh, Kara, since we are starting your turn, uh, go ahead and make me an athletics check again uh, as you are running through this this avalanche. 25. Okay, you are good. So you can go ahead and take your turn, and I assume you're just moving as oh, far yeah. as you can out She's of here. She's digging her way out with the, with the dogs and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, luckily, I mean, the dogs seem to be doing uh, pretty well um, for themselves. You know, they keep low to the ground and they move forward like these kind of bullets, you know, across the across the snowy plain. And okay, so Kara, you make it out. Uh, you make it out here. Farah, go ahead and give me an athletics check to see if uh, you... You remember guidance. your guidance. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, that's uh, 16. 15 is your number, so you, both times you just made it. Uh, so you manage to keep running forward, and with that, you can pull ahead. And, you know, you all run out of the side of this icy crack as behind you, you just hear shattering of ice as these big chunks of the glaciers you come in through begin to fall down with the tidal wave force of this snow. So behind you, even though you managed to get out of the way, you look back and you see that this this gap, this chasm is completely buried in snow. So you're looking at like a wall of just ice, hundreds and hundreds of feet sealing you on this side of this mountaintop here. And the scene in front of you, it is, it's uh, it's this very rocky kind of area with a path that winds upwards. Um, and then the, the top of this mountain sort of like levels out. And you can see far in the distance, this, uh, it looks like a metal structure. All of all of these domes that have been like fused together to make this, this very odd looking like compound uh, sitting on top of this mountain. Here you all are. <laughs> Oh, that's what I get for making jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was more fun that way. As long as the dogs are okay. The dogs are fine. You do see they all kind of collapse and are like panting on the ground. Oh, so is Kara. <laughs> uh, Fairy actually just like, just keeps moving. Like, she's just like, okay, okay, we see the thing. We can get out of here soon. <laughs> We're going, right? <laughs> Her eyes are very dilated. <laughs> you get a nod of a giant bird head. Oh. Okay. <laughs> of approval. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, wait, looking at the uh, what's happening behind you, you know there is 
there's no way you're getting out of here that way. Um, or you're going to have to wait some time for that ice to like melt or decompress or something uh, before you are going to be moving through uh, <laughs> that mountain pass again. Sweet. So there's that, you know, that winding trail up to that like blanket of white uh, in this this structure. Let's go. All right. Yeah, you pick yourselves up, dust yourself off of this powdered snow. Um, the dogs are exhausted, so they are definitely going to need some uh, some rest. But they manage to, you know, plod along after you uh, up to this this structure. And once again, uh, very weird. It looks like it's all made of maybe steel is the best guess for what this thing is. There don't appear to be any like uh, windows. Uh, and when you do get to it, there is a single door at the front. And it sort of looks like a door on a submarine where there's like that big turny crank thing on on the outside. So clearly this is like a sealed in structure. So even in the worst conditions, you know, you would theoretically be safe inside. Um, and as you look around, uh, you see a couple other of these domes like scattered on the property. So maybe they're like sheds or something, but the, but this is the largest complex in front of you. And, and there is that, uh, that door in front of you. I will turn back into a tabaxi. 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 <laughs> Um, and do I know if it's good manners or not to knock? I mean, you know, that's in general polite society. Knocking is, you know, pretty good. And you know, these are these are gnomes. They said so. Their gnomes are fond of knocking and you know doormats and manners and that sort of thing. <laughs> okay, I'll kind of like a fix my layers of walls now that I've transformed back to settle in again and. Um, I'll look at my companions and say, like, I don't normally do this, but and she reaches out and, like, knocks <laughs> on the yeah. door. And you hear, like, it's a, like a thump, 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 as it sounds like you're knocking basically on the outside of a giant refrigerator. <laughs> um, and, you know, you wait, and there seems to be no response. Well, I mean, I wasn't gonna knock, but I'm glad that you did. Now let's crack that sucker open. Oh, let us in. <laughs> let us open the door. Sure. Um. So as you're looking at it, I mean, this is like a thick, like, vault door crank. And immediately when you go to open it, it's it's definitely resistance. Um. You think maybe it might be locked from the inside. Mm. <laughs> so close. God, why? I just, I just want to be inside. <laughs> it's pronounced way. <laughs> what? <laughs> um. Hmm. Do I see anything like around that's like? Like a key under a mat, like something like a tool. There's like a gnome. Like <laughs> they think it's it's a garden gnome from gnomes. Uh, that's <laughs> freaking hilarious. Um, you know what? Just because you said that, yes, uh, there absolutely is. What is it? What is it? It would have to be something that wouldn't blow away. So go ahead and describe what this <laughs> this weird like statuette or thing is that they have hidden out here. Yeah, I mean, I think just amongst um, like all the snow, we missed it at first. But it's like instead of like those big bare wooden sculptures that you see when you go up north, it's like an ice <laughs> sculpture, and like in in the center, like 
at the bottom, there's like a little, like the snow is kind of squished aside, so you know. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Uh, and there's like a little hand cubby that's been built, <laughs> like, you know, dug under it. Uh, yeah, and uh, Fair just like lunges for it and like mm-hmm. almost like drops it in her mitten hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you see uh, that underneath it, instead of like a traditional key, it looks like a like a smooth kind of white rock that seems to have a sigil inscribed on it. Arcana check. Do I just press it to the thing? <laughs> like you make an arcana check. <laughs> okay, that's a thirteen. Yeah, you've seen things like this before. It does seem to be some kind of like magical keystone. So you think if you probably either touch it to the door, get within a certain range of the door, uh, that it will likely, you know, unlock it. Beep, beep. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Boop. It's like those electronic cars where you don't actually put the key yep. in anymore. It just has to be in your purse. I hate uh, those things. <laughs> then your car goes. I have driven away without that key so many times. Anyway, that's me. I'm very forgetful. Uh, so... You, uh, you know, come within like five feet of this door uh, and you do see like the, the seals uh, that are kind of holding this this uh, gateway in place. They, they shine with this, you know, blue sort of uh, arcane light uh, and you hear like a sort of a popping sound as like a seal is undone. Uh, and Kara, you can quickly discover that now you can indeed turn the uh, turn the <sighs> crank and open the door. And um, as you do so, it is heavy. This this door is made of, like, reinforced layers and layers of metal uh, that you think is probably, you know, just to keep in whatever heat they generate in this place. Uh, and so as you, you know, pull open this door, you see that you are all looking down onto this kind of long hallway, uh, and all the walls and everything inside are still made of the same kind of silvery metal. You do see that laid out in front of you is, like, a, a long, thick, plush rug that carpets uh, the way here. And you can see that there are doors that lead off on either side. So several different rooms in this complex. Um, And at the very end of the hall, you can just make out that there's a a larger kind of circular room. And uh, as as you look in, um, it's completely dark. There are no lights or anything on inside. Team Dark Vision. Yeah, you all you all can still tell that there are no lights on, even though you can see. Uh, with all of your dark vision. Uh, how's the temp in here? Uh, so as you keep the door open, it's starting to get very cold <laughs> all of a sudden, so it is it is hard to say. Oh, close the door. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, let's close that. Definitely close it. And she'll go ahead and lock it behind us, because you didn't want it popping open unnecessarily. Yeah, for That's sure. Uh, so you go ahead and you, you know, close this door with a large thud, and uh, immediately as you do so, and like the wind, you know, I don't know if you even realized how how much wind there was, but now that you're inside and suddenly the roar stops and the movement of air stops and you're like, oh my god, for the first time in days, you're more comfortable. And you do almost probably immediately begin to sweat uh, as you realize that there is a nice, comfortable room temperature uh, established in this place. So there's probably some kind of magic that's been woven into the uh, the walls here to make this more comfortable. I love magic. <laughs> I will magic is- pull out my lantern of revealing. I have a little like leather holster mm. with a pole and so I just hook it onto the pole. And um, the lantern of revealing um, lets us see invisible creatures and objects within the light. As well as just being a light. 
just yeah. just just to know <laughs> sure you and you do you know you kind of swing the lantern down this this dark hallway and nothing you don't you don't see anything other than what you would see in the normal light here it just appears to be this this empty hallway and in here also it is completely silent mm, creepy or peaceful you know whatever oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair's just going to like ignore this completely for a moment just taking off her layers just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. dumping them on the floor and just like reaching out and she looks like she's probably about a quarter of the size you thought she was <laughs> just uh an eternal hat hair too um <laughs> and you can uh you can definitely see that uh one of the rooms like kind of immediately off to your left here um the the door is open to that room and you see it looks like sort of a uh an equipment closet you would say so there are lots of like pegs and shelves in here and like little places where you could you know put your boots or whatever and it looks like uh about half of the pegs are full of stuff so there's plenty of uh empty space if you want to hang your stuff for it to dry, because also I imagine immediately as you step into this place, now all the ice and stuff that has built up is just wet. Oh, uh, we soggy. <laughs> you are That's soggy. That's a good point. <laughs> Falling out. While they yeah. start to hang up their stuff to dry, I use my shape water druid's cantrip mm-hmm. to pull the water out of my clothes, and I'm just there in my pile of rugs still. Uh, you are so efficient. Uh, yeah, so you're like, where do you send the water? Just into the middle of the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do see that in this room, there is like the, the, the floors are kind of gently sloped and there's like a drain uh, at the bottom here. So this room was clearly designed for lots of wet clothing to, uh, to live in here. So you can just, uh, and you hear, you know, the sound as it maybe goes into a tank that they keep uh, underneath the, the building. Oh, nice. my God. That's cool. Me next, please. <laughs> <laughs> one one here <laughs> thank you if that's a, a, a level zero spell if you if you wouldn't mind <laughs> um and then what other what other ways did you say off from this like little yeah so you can see uh that there is yeah there's this door immediately on the left um you can see that there are two more doors on the right uh in this hallway so uh the two doors um they are one is no, I think they both will be closed. Um, they're both closed, so you can't see what's beyond those two doors. Uh, and then uh, there is the the hallway empties out into this like big, large, circular room uh, okay. ahead of you. This now that uh, we're derobed, I think that the eeriness is starting to hit me. So real quick before we do anything, I'm just gonna um, refresh a few things. I'm gonna generate myself another spell slot i'm going to refresh my mage armor uh and i'm gonna pop the wings out uh which just shoot out like a million threads and then weave together to become golden eagle wings uh extremely cool that's super cool okay and uh so you all are kind of standing in this little coat room uh you have the two doors uh to the right uh on this hallway or you can walk into that main room main room sure yeah let's go so if you uh you know you continue down this this hallway here uh and you can see like 
they clearly the the gnomish people who lived here have made an effort to make this place more homey so you see there are lots of like thick kind of tapestries hanging on the walls uh everywhere you go you know thick carpet has been laid down uh so as you you know cross through this this little hallway here you see uh this this room opens up it's a a round room uh that has a you know a big dome on the top of it here and um you're looking out it maybe looks like a common room kind of area uh you see that there is furniture uh and like long kind of cafeteria tables um and the other like general trappings of like a, a living you know like a shared dorm common room space uh but you can see immediately it looks like there was some kind of something definitely happened here there was lots of uh toppled furniture um, you know, cups and plates have been like knocked onto the floor. Uh, general signs of a uh, of struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also see that uh, there is another hallway that continues on. Um, so you could head down that hallway, which has some doors, uh, and then there is uh, yet another hallway to the right that just seems to have one big door at the end. If I look around, do I see anything like any like? scrapes or anything like that that seem out of the ordinary for a group of gnomes um why don't you go ahead and make me like a a general investigation check guidance (laughs) i don't even need to do it anymore this is great (laughs) (laughs) it's so nice when you have a friend who's just there to guidance you uh 16 okay uh so you are you are looking around here and i mean it definitely seems like like a, a fight of some kind you do like notice some patches where like it looks like maybe pieces of furniture were burned away like maybe someone was throwing acid or something you see like a couple crossbow bolts that have been like stuck into various places i mean other than that i don't think like scrapes maybe just like from furniture getting moved around uh it does look like maybe one of these tables was propped up sort of like um like to hide behind that's sort of the general look you're getting. But again, it is completely silent in this room. Don't like that. Uh, well, I wonder if anyone's still here. Is anyone still here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you want to do you want to look around at the rest of the rooms? You definitely don't see anyone in here. Yeah, I'll start looking at rooms. Uh, yeah. So, uh, which hallway do you want to start with? Uh, if you go down to the right, it was that hallway with like the big door that almost looks like a garage door and then there's that uh, passageway to the left and you can see that there are two other doors in that room or uh, back the way you came uh, where the coat rack was there were two rooms you have not yet been in what do you all think uh car is definitely gonna head towards the two doors that we passed uh from the little coat rack room uh and just go and try and check those check those out first just to make sure that no one's hiding in there or you know whatever maybe to see there's more of a picture that we can tell. Yeah, see if anyone's still in the closet. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the uh, <laughs> the first door you encounter, um, you it is it is locked um, from the inside. You can definitely tell. Um, the other door. Do you want to try the other door? Mm-hmm. The other door uh, swings is already kind of open. Um, so it swings open easily to your touch. And you see in this room, uh, it looks like uh, bunks or like where where maybe the gnomes slept. 
uh, because you see lots of like bunk beds lined up and each one has like a chest kind of at the foot. Um, Some personal items are scattered around this room. And again, like the other room, things are in disarray, like there was some kind of fight that happened here. And as you look at the walls, you can tell that in some places there is like crusty slashes of red that have dried onto the walls. Mm-hmm. Crusty. Okay. But not f- not wet, not fresh. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, and Carl were like, yeah, it does, definitely does make sense as she like picks off some crusty dried blood. The guy who sent us on this mission, Wizban, said that they had missed quite a few communications, so um, yeah, definitely makes sense that this happened a while ago. Uh, quick question, too. What did you do with the dogs? Are they inside with you, or did you leave them? Oh, that's a good question. You probably brought them into the entry. Yeah. Okay. So where where are they now? Are they just like, there's a, there's a lot of dogs. That's six yeah. dogs. So where, where are you putting them? Well, leave them in the <laughs> mess hall. We can get them a bowl of water. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. scrounge up some snacks for them. A few rations. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they do. Yeah, they'll they'll eat happily <laughs> at whatever you put in front of them, and they all kind of lay down. They're very very tired. <laughs> oh, puppies. Yeah, they can chill. Yeah, so you discover uh, that room, and then you said the other one was locked. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw my body with my shield against it to try and bust that door open. Guidance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, make me, yeah, an ath- athletics check. <laughs> 14 plus 9 is 23 plus whatever guidance got me. 3! 26. 26. She nasty. <laughs> you, yeah, you do. Uh, this, you know, and this this door isn't made of the same, you know, caliber as that outside door, so you do bust through and you're pushing and you can tell that things have been moved up to block, barricade the door on the other side too. So with that big, like, push... Uh, you know, you do manage to finally, like, break the lock and grind this door open. And you can see, like, big industrial shelves were basically put in to block the door. So you kind of push back all of that. Uh, yeah. And the room that you're in is is very, very cold uh, as you step in here. It appears to be some kind of, like, walk-in refrigerator um, as you were looking at it. And there are more of these industrial shelves just kind of lining the walls here. And you can see, like, crates and barrels. There are also trays at some point that have like little jars that have weird things floating in them, um, some like dried plants. Uh, so you look like this room was probably a, you know, half refrigerator, half maybe like samples storage. As you as you look in, you can you step into this this kind of small room here. Uh, and Kara will look around and be like, hello, anyone in here? We don't mean any harm. We're friends of Wizban who've come to check on you. There's no response. Well, she's gonna take a moment and, like, yeah, try and, like, pill through everything, make sure, you know, no one's, like, hiding in here or anything, and take a good look-see. Investigation for me. Oh, yes. Plus four. Ooh, that's... <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so that's 22, 24 total. Sure. Uh, so you're looking around, you know, you, you check all the shelves behind crates and everything. It's not a huge space, so you're you're pretty sure you, you know, there there isn't anyone in here. But I think you do find it's, uh... Something that's a little bit weird is that, like, in one of the corners, there are, like, scraps of, like, frozen cloth. So it looks like cloth that maybe was torn off of clothing uh, and then just left on the floor. And since it's so cold in here, you know, it's become, like, when you freeze cloth, it's, like, Mm -hmm. extremely rigid. So you find that 
maybe in a piece of leather, like maybe from a boot or something. Is is it rigid with blood, or is it <laughs> just as if uh, it was in here and, and froze? Also, is this room cold? It is. Yeah. So it is. Uh, you think if somebody were to spend some time in here, they would probably freeze. So that checks out. But you don't see anything, anyone frozen in here. The door was blocked by. So blocked. And sorry, what was it blocked by? Uh, it was a big shelves had been like kind of pushed to barricade the door uh, that, you know, you had to push through. Those big, heavy galvanized steel shelves. Mm-hmm. And if you think we should. I don't know. I feel like there are like secret doors in here that someone escaped through, but I don't think that's actually true. <laughs> Onwards! <laughs> also, I think sure. that Kara and Farah look pretty stupid right now because they just keep poking each other back and forth with guidance. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like completely wordlessly. They just like reach out and they're like, you got this. <laughs> a constant high-fiving. <laughs> yeah. Friendship is literally magic. Um, okay. Hmm. Alright, well, we head back to the main, uh, main, big main, like, mess hall. There was the big, big long yeah. hallway. Yeah, there are the, yeah, the two hallways. So the one on the right with the big, like, kind of uh, large door, uh, and then the one on the left that you see uh, ends at a door, and then there's another door down that hallway. Left? Left! Yeah, and as you, uh, you know, get to this door, the the one at the end of the hallway, it opens up into this this pretty large room um, that looks like probably some kind of laboratory or research area. So there are lots of, like, clean, you know, countertops uh, with beakers and jars and all kinds of weird gnomish artifacts uh, jammed in here. But like all the other rooms you've seen, uh, signs, clear signs of a struggle um, in this place. And in here... The dried blood is everywhere. Um, it's slashed along walls. Uh, you see parts of it, like on the floor. It's 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 really messy in here. With all this dried blood, does it seem to like lead anywhere? Like they tried to escape to a certain area, and we can follow it? Or uh, why don't you make a? M- m- there's no clear trail. Um, but if you are looking at the blood, uh, why don't you go ahead and make me a medicine check, maybe, to to see if you can tell more? Farah involuntarily holds her hand out for guidance. Kara <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. wordlessly <laughs> high fives. God, these two just keep high fiving. It's, it's just it's ridiculous. I I assume it must be some like ritual of theirs. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> friendship ritual. Friendship ritual for comfort. I got a twenty one. Okay. Uh so yeah, you're looking at the blood and it is it's pretty chaotic uh based on what you're seeing here. So it definitely doesn't look like, you know, bodies were dragged or like, you know, it's there's certainly enough blood here to account for multiple people dying in this room even though there are no bodies here. Um it's certainly enough blood to justify that. It also kind of looks like the way it's splattered out on the walls like this, it it almost looks like an explosion outwards if you had to uh to guess Mm, that's not comforting (laughs) yeah because it's so much and it's in this big radius and kind of sprayed across um furniture and walls and the ceiling at some points i don't feel safe right now (laughs) (laughs) 
That's fair. <laughs> Valid. Um, okay. That is a, a good thing to not feel in Icewind Dale. Never coming back here. <laughs> um, so I want to look at, like, kind of, since this is a lab, like, what what sorts of things they were fiddling with. Because explosions are weird. Not Not frequent unless you're messing with stuff. You shouldn't be, or really bad magic. So I'd like to make, like, an arcana check. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, make a general arcana, looking at the room, for sure. Um, and then, wait, if you're in here, why don't you also give me a nature check? Because I think a lot of the stuff in here pertains uh, to, to nature as well. Okay. Mm, I, see a rec- uh, I see a trend here. Mm. Nine. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Guidance! <laughs> Yeah, roll a d4. Add it. High Car, fives. Kara is like is like looking to like give you a high five too. <laughs> I hold out my beans. That's a four. Okay, okay. so thirteen. All right, 13. a little bit more respectable. Acceptable. And Farah, what did you you get on that roll? Uh, I got. Oh, I forgot how good I am at that. I got a nineteen. I was like, oh no, oh it's fine. <laughs> Okay, so I think uh, between the two of you kind of, you know, looking at things, like, you get a sense for the general nature of what they were doing here. Um, It is, like Wizban told you, uh, this is definitely some kind of, like, zoological outpost. So a lot of the books and notes uh, that you see here are about the the creature's native uh, to Icewind Dale. So you're seeing lots of stuff about the bears and the dragons and the giants. Uh, That's all coming up here. And you do recognize like one place that you know it's clearly like samples uh so you see like little different like blood vials and all kinds of research there you pharaoh would recognize a couple things that are basically like magical microscopes uh that sort of thing that's kind of the general gnomish technology uh you see here and way yeah all of this this clears i mean it's it's pretty regular logs that they seem to be keeping they have traps in the area that they check on a daily rotation, uh, they've tagged some creatures with like magical things, so like birds and you know foxes and things, so they can track their movements and their patterns. That's that seems to be the general purpose uh, of this lab, and sort of all the research pertains to that. Yeah. How long has it been since the last entry? There we go. Sure. Uh, so looking around, I think it probably takes you a while to find the actual like logs and get them in an order that makes sense since papers have been scattered and books have been shredded and it's just a general mess. But you do find the pages of like the logs and kind of, you know, start puzzling everything together here. And it looks like the last few entries were made about a week ago. Uh, and uh, you are looking at these entries uh, where things kind of take a a sharp turn from just the day-to-day, like, tracking the beasts and whatever. Uh, It mentions something about uh, this this creature that they found uh, frozen in this this block of ice, and it was really exciting uh, because they thought it was some kind of maybe... Just some some magical organism they had never seen. Uh, so there are a lot of notes about how they took it out of the ice and they brought it back and were running tests um, to, you know, determine the nature of this thing. Um, and then that's sort of where the notes stop. Is there, like, blood on the notes? Uh, I think just the general, any general blood that might have been around. Not specific, there's not like a bloody handprint on oh, okay. it or anything. The, my final words written blood. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, well that is not looking good. 
I will convey this knowledge and suggest that we try to find other clues. Hmm. Were there any other doors leading out of here or just the one through the hallway? Just the one through the hallway. Okay. Let's, uh, all right, yeah. Go start scoping out the other one in this hallway. Yeah. Um, and you can pop your heads in there, and you see that uh, in this room, uh, there appear to be uh, several tanks uh, and then cages, uh, ranging from small to large. Uh, so this is maybe where they stored uh, like creatures, or if they brought them in for study or medical purposes. So it's sort of like a veterinary lab, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all all of these tanks and all of the cages are empty. Oh. Hmm. Maybe somebody got hungry. Super. <laughs> that that's what it ha- that's what happened. <laughs> Shucks. Absolutely empty. No. Is there any blood in Carl here? Will- any what? Blood in here. Any blood? Uh yeah, there would be some. Oh, blood. Not nearly as bad as the lab. Nothing has been as bad as uh, what you've seen in the lab so far. Carl will look around in here for some animal food to feed the dogs cuz oh, they yeah. want more food. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. I, and I think you you can find some like treats, probably not like full full bags of food, but you do you do find some uh, some treats for various beasts. So you find like like bear food and like fox treats and like dog treats. She look like she like grabs a whole bunch of them because she's like I don't know they're carnivores they'll probably all yeah, like they'll it. Eat, they'll eat everything. Like you get the little bacon strip ones. You're like this is okay, fine. So- <laughs> dogs don't know it's not bear um, <laughs> oh and then God. she looks like for a second like she wants to offer one to May but it's like no that's rude no that's extremely <laughs> rude are there, <laughs> well, are there any cat treats <laughs> don't offer them yeah any, I but. think one of the larger cave cages that could probably hold a crag cat which is something that a uh, very common deadly beast around here uh one of them i'll say has a has a <laughs> a little thing to climb in it okay um if i will try to surreptitiously grab a cat tree without anyone looking <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to like enforce stereotypes yeah um <laughs> i don't know real slight of <laughs> I, th- I think I'm just it's saying, pretty big <laughs> so it's gonna be hard my hard passive perception that. is 19 so <laughs> Mm. Oh. Even, well, if Cara, even if Kara <laughs> notices though she won't say anything yeah, so you she'll, know, that's, she'll that's pretend your business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like uh, smacking my lips a little on this and um, purring but trying to keep it quiet mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, you really just have that uh, that one door that one big door that you haven't explored yet off to the right. Door. <laughs> okay. Stop to give uh, us some puppies some snacks and then make our way over there. They chow. Uh, they love it. They love no it. No matter what you hear, don't come save us. <laughs> <laughs> Live. <laughs> and uh, so you all uh, get, you know, walk towards this this big door. It does kind of look like a garage door at the end here. And uh, really before you can even like get to the handle to open it, you hear something from the other side. You hear like a like sad sad dog noises coming from the other side of the door hmm I feel like this is a trap 
Uh, how does this door okay. open? Is it like a garage door opener for real, or is it like there another turning thing? Did we get yeah, it? Yeah, it looks crank sort of like a yeah, like a little crank roll up door thing, so you could crank that up. Jane. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna um like I'm gonna prepare a guiding bolt if I see anything that scares me. <laughs> Okay. Anything. That's fair. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Anything. Don't uh, sneeze. <laughs> That's how the professional druid died. <laughs> uh, so you're cranking up the door. Yes, I will crank okay. up the door. Crank it up. Yeah, and you do. Um, you know, and the the gate door opens, uh, and you can like tie off uh, the door here, and you see that this is a uh, very large room that is clearly like a kennel. Um, so you can see that there are a bunch of, you know, the dog cages, uh, lining up one side. You can see that there's a big counter on the other side that has like sacks of food. Uh, and then on one side you see, um, some sleds have been left there and like a pittance and all kinds of stuff, uh, that you would take to like gear up and harness dogs, um, in this space and sitting on the floor kind of right in front of you. Um, there is like a, a tawny husky that you know comes up to you and it's just like makes this like happy little yip sound um as it kind of look looks at you all and its tail starts to wag i give it a treato <laughs> yeah it boops you know it, it puts its like wet like kind of snuffly nose you know right in your in your hand and it eats hungrily <laughs> like it has not eaten in some time give it more so it slurps up here yeah um yeah and it all it, you, you have to go to town with whatever food you give it Oh, yeah, dip into that feed bag and give it a bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it does, and yeah, it just slobbers it down, like, and, you know, big dog, like, tongue move, just, it's it's completely just gone in one, like, big gulp. Is there anything <laughs> else? Oh, sound effects, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're, very, we're a very sound effect heavy podcast. We, are, <laughs> we uh, do our own yeah. foley work. <laughs> Yeah, we do. <laughs> we make our own slurping and blurping noises here on the Venture Maidens. Um, yeah, I mean, you are you are looking around uh, at this this room here. Uh, there are no other dogs in here. There are just the equipment and just all this. And there's just one dog. Just one dog who's now eating like. This second bowl of food, if you keep giving it food. Oh no, I definitely only give it one because I don't oh. want it to puke and die because it ate too oh, much because yeah. it was starving. Oh. Yeah, Didn't that's matter. fair. Okay, well, it looks sad. <laughs> it looks sad at you and then up at the bag and then like at you. It's giving you some serious puppy eyes. Gotta be strong. <laughs> I really feel like this dog is a trap. Nah, I do too, but I don't want it to be. I want some. And I, yeah. Cast moonbeam on it. No. Uh. <laughs> oh my god. You monster. Oh my god. Oh god. We can't be friends anymore. No. <laughs> and the podcast over. Um, hmm. Uh, so there's, is there any blood in this room or? Uh, there. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah, there would be some in here. Katie, too. there's blood everywhere. <laughs> There's the blood everywhere. <laughs> it's blood all the way down. I want to bring this tawny husky over to our dogs and see how they, like, interact. What if, what if it ate the other dogs, though? 
Yeah, this, um, so this dog kind of follows uh, along behind you, you know, happily, and, you know, the instant this dog steps into the room, all the other dogs sort of like, and you like make a growling sound and they're kind of like, you know, skittering on their, their bellies, not really sure, uh, very uncertain about this dog. Does it seem like this dog is something in disguise? What do you mean? Like you want to make like a like an insight check? Uh, I I will say if you wave your lantern over this dog, um, it appears to be a dog when okay. you when you look at it. So it's definitely hmm. nothing is revealed in your uh, your lantern. Um, do you want to make like a nature or like an insight or animal handling maybe yeah. to see if there's anything weird about this this dog? Maybe yeah, I'll do an animal handling. I will definitely aid you in that. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) The big side. Actually, this one wasn't that bad. So um, I forgot that I have really high animal handling. So that's going to be a total of 22. Oh, thank you. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, it was terrible. like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So, I mean, you're you're looking at this, you know, this kind of tawny dog. Um, It doesn't have any characteristics that scream like, no, this is not a dog to you. It seems seems like a dog. Um, You're looking at the reactions of the other dogs, and they are clearly nervous about this dog. You're not sure if it's because maybe this is like an alpha, like a lead dog. Um, So it might be, you know, upsetting the other dogs that are trained to follow leaders. Um, Or there might be something else about this dog, but they're all clearly nervous. Um, and then the tawny dog, as you're looking at it, doesn't seem doesn't seem bothered by the other dogs. It's just kind of, you know, sitting on the floor patiently, sort of looking up at you all and, and the others with its tongue lolling out. I'm telling you, Moonbeam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. When will it turn on us? Let's... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Since it doesn't seem to be getting along with the other dogs, let's take it away so they don't fight. It's yeah, agree. That's probably a, a good call yeah. based on your animal handling way. You're like, yeah, these do- these dogs are gonna fight. We <laughs> should take it to the room where the animal cages and stuff are because I'm sure there are restraints for animals. Should anything get weird, good plan. Yeah, there definitely there definitely are in that room. All right, pupper, go in the cage. <laughs> And it makes sort of like a like a whining sound, like a dog that doesn't want to go in a kennel. Throw a treat in there. Yeah, this dog. dog like like goes and then it looks at you and it like gives you you know that very suspicious like very smart dog look where it's like nah. I know what your game is. Yeah, <laughs> I, and you do know. I mean, sled dogs like this are quite intelligent. Uh, that's one of the reasons they make such good. No, no, we're back over dog. here, and I cast mage hand <laughs> to like. <laughs> Close the so like, give it a nudge. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, maybe give me an animal handling to see if you can get this dog uh, to to go in this kennel. Which who me? Okay. <laughs> or whoever you know, if you want to like all help corral the dog, you know, maybe somebody could help you to get you advantage. I, I so. will use my um, alter self to turn my cat ears into like little puppy ears. Oh, <laughs> cute! And and just be like, okay, mm-hmm. dog. Do dog things. Dog. Be a dog. Uh, so go ahead and roll with advantage since you have sort of a, a partial dog helping you out. Oh, no. 
With advantage? Yeah. I, guidance. I, I guidanced myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got a seven. Wow. Wow. That's Did you bad. roll like a two and a three? A one and Jesus. a three, actually. Wow. <laughs> so you can definitely get this this tawny dog like into into the room, but it is definitely too smart to just like walk itself into one of these kennels. It uh it, it refuses to go. Or it'll do that that thing too. When it realizes you're trying to do this, it'll flop onto the ground and like it's a big heavy dog, so it's like you know, clearly <laughs> like, nope, I'm not moving. Don't dead fish me. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it. He's on the ground doing it. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so you could close the door to the specimen room okay. um yeah. at this point. We'll do that. But, yeah. Yeah. Um close enough. <laughs> yeah, you can go in a room. Um, and you know, immediately as this dog is like out of their sight, the other dogs, you know, sort of chill out. This is so perplexing. Oh, we haven't been to any of the other like complexes and stuff. We've just been in the main one. Don't make me go. Hey, we need there. to go check those out. <laughs> I know. I know it sucks. <laughs> Guys, I hate to say it, but I don't trust that dog. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> But I'm not about to kill a dog unless the dog attacks me first. <laughs> because, and it, it turns out to not be a dog that I can't just, like, subdue. <laughs> mm. uh, I also, while I think you all are having this conversation, why don't you all go ahead and make some perception checks for me, just real quick. <laughs> can I just use my passive perception of 19? <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll you guidance can do the professional druid, because your perception's probably way better than mine. Plus two to your role. Uh, so what was your role, uh, Michaela, with a plus two? Um, that is a 20, a dirty 20. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, so Wei, uh, you definitely pick up, uh, I think probably Kara with a 19 too. Y- suddenly you you hear like a, a banging sound um, coming from like the walls. And it was very quiet at first, but, you know, now that you, you kind of gets your attention, you hear a thump. 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 I don't like that. <laughs> from the walls uh, within this room or from <laughs> elsewhere? From this room here. So it's like, uh, it almost sounds like knocking from outside. Um, I'll go to the door and be like, who is it? <laughs> and there's like silence as you move to stand by the door. And just once again, you hear. Thump, thump, thump. What's the password? (laughs) Silence. Kara's gonna go over to where she thinks the thumping is originating from and is gonna... Well, the thumping moved when when Wei went to the door. It moved to the door. uh, And so knocking on on the door. Okay, I'll I'll go back. Does the knocking follow me again? Some time will pass, and then, yeah. Thump. 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 I want to knock where it's knocking. Okay, you do so. Silence. I take my axe, and I plunge it into the walls of this room. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I will say very quickly, uh, since your axe is magical, it doesn't break, but... Any other normal weapon would, as you fail to make even the slightest dent in this arcanely charged wall. Barnacles. 
And then I think, you know, because now it's very, very quiet and you are listening, I think you all begin to hear like a, a scratching sound uh, as something is clearly trying to fiddle with the the door. The crank on the door. Somebody open the door and we'll just barrage it if it ain't right. Yeah. Do you want to put on your winter gear first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. No, no, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna regret okay. it if I don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, True story. <sighs> put on those snow. Yeah. It's like heavy armor. Uh-huh. It takes a minute to put on. <laughs> Suit up in the snow pants. And arduous. Ten minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, so you, you do so, and you continue to hear, like, the scraping sound as something is clearly trying to, to open this door, but you get all suited up. Let's open it. <laughs> all right. Before we open it, mm-hmm. is gonna cast spiritual weapon at a fourth level right in front okay. of, like, right in front of, on our side, right in front of the door. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Just- all right. What does it look like? Yeah, what's your what's your spiritual weapon look like? Her spiritual weapon is this uh is this huge like golden holy looking maul that has uh these entwined very like uh very detailed and intricate Celtic knotwork inscribed all ar- all along it. That's yeah. awesome. It's very, very impressive. I am impressed. <laughs> wait, wait, is impressed. <laughs> all right, so you you get ready. You open this door, and uh, as you do so, immediately the chill sweeps back in here, and you can see that outside now a another blizzard has started to form. So uh, as you look out, the visibility is very, very low as just this swirling wind uh, is pretty much completely blocking your view. And you can see standing uh, a couple feet away from the door, uh, and you're kind of sort of struggling to, to make them out, even though they're they're pretty close is a small figure, about the size of a gnome, one might say, completely dressed in winter gear that has this thick fur-lined hood um, that is like clearly blowing in the wind, but you can't really see the face of this individual as they, they sort of just stand there facing you, but you can't see the face as just snow and chill is buffeting them, but they don't they don't seem to be reacting to this this raging blizzard. Definitely a bad guy. Welcome them in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you look chilly. Please come right in. <laughs> and so in that very moment you're taking that in, I uh I think, you know, if the door happens and you're you're holding it there, this figure will begin to move towards you. And you see that like as they move with a very quick speed. The hood of uh, that's covering their face sort of like blows back in the wind, and you see that there is not a face there at all. It's just this white radiating light. So as it looks at you and just this this piercing light courses into your bodies, I am going to need you all to make a uh, constitution saving throws um, as this screaming white wintry light pours into your eyes. 16. 11. Oh boy. 19. 19, okay. So uh, both Farah and Wei, you managed to like look away from this thing just in time. 
But Kara, you were right there and looking at it through your spiritual weapon and you are blinded as this white, just like winter light just pierces your eyes and you just see, you just see white. Uh, you can't see anything. So you are, you are blinded until the start of your next turn. And this thing is moving. So uh, what are you doing in this? I'll, I'll say you have like six seconds right now before this thing is uh, is going to run clearly into the building as its, uh, its goal. <laughs> I don't really like the idea of that. <laughs> not, not, not specifically a fan. Let's see. I would like to cast Control Winds. Ooh. And cause an updraft <laughs> and try to blow it away. <laughs> All right. I mean, there's plenty of wind to work with here. So, uh, what what kind of level is this uh, this this spell? What is Control Winds? This is a fifth level spell. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So, do I make a save or like how does this work? So let's see. It's it's all in a cube, and okay. um, it's you cause a sustained updraft within the cube, rising upward from the cube's bottom side. So there, it isn't like necessarily a like blowing you away type thing, but I'm casting it with the thought that like this is a very small creature. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It is. It's it's gnome size, so uh, small. Yeah, um, so hoping for the best. Maybe it needs a little push. <laughs> okay, um, I'll go ahead and I don't think it was expecting this, so I will make. And what's the the speed it pushes things, or what's the size of this cube? So potentially, how far is it getting pushed upward? Um, it's a one hundred foot cube, but the updraft. It says if a creature jumps, it jumps ten feet higher than normal. Hmm, okay. So I don't know how strong this is with the natural wind. And yeah. I'm just, just improvising you know, here. I, You know what? <laughs> I like it because I think it's a fifth level. I think this is really cool. And I think you can harness the blizzard that's already happening here. So as you do that, you know, in what does, do you have a gesture or a, a thing that happens when you cast this? What does it look like? I probably do like a hands starting from from like the knees and like lifting up and just making like a whoosh sound yeah (laughs) very cool (laughs) so as you do this you see that the the creature in front of you as like snow and everything gets picked up with it goes flying upwards into the air uh and you can see it you know kind of bobbing and dancing on this like cube of wind uh that you have here so if you did want to shut the door you certainly have a little bit of time to do so um, while this thing is up there bouncing around sort of like a puppet. It didn't seem to be able to get into the <laughs> into the bunker before, so. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. We can close the door. Um, I can also leave that up for an hour. <laughs> yeah, so just, <laughs> so-, <laughs> so you're going to leave it, leave it on fan mode for like an hour yeah. and be like, mm-mm, um, love it. So you do that, and I think, you know, you can, you can shove the door, uh, Kara, I mean, you still have a grip on the door, but you can't see anything. Um, are y'all helping, or what are yeah. you? <laughs> a big nope push from everybody. Yep. Everybody's like, no, 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 no. Um, and, you know, so you, you close the door, and you turn the crank really, really quickly. Uh, and once again, you know, you are trapped all the winter out there, and you were back in this warm setting here. And uh, Kara, I think your vision returns to you in a, in a couple of minutes or so. Takes a moment to cool down. 
Okay, now that we have <laughs> kind of an idea of what we're up against, do you know what we're up against? Because that shit was weird. Do I know what that was? Oh, uh, why don't you make me a... Uh... Uh, I would accept a history or an arcana or maybe a nature. Whatever one is strongest for you to see if you as an Icewind Dale native might know what this is. Hmm. I'll do... I'll do history. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll with advantage since you're, uh, Ooh. you've spent a lot of time here. Hmm. Guidance. <laughs> Plus four. <laughs> Five. We gotta get you some new dice, Michaela. This is <laughs> these <laughs> dice are great, but just not today. It's just not feeling the druid. Yeah, plus four from oh, 15. fifteen. Okay, all right. That's I think that's enough to know. You have heard legends, ghost stories, more like of these beings um, called cold light walkers, which is uh, this a kind of undead that you can find in Icewind Dale. And essentially, uh, when a creature dies of extreme cold, sometimes their spirits can get trapped uh, because they, they died in this, this horrible fashion. And Oril, the goddess of winter, sometimes picks these individuals and warps them into this, this being, this undead thing called a cold light walker. So they are basically just representatives like the unrelenting pain and loss of uh, of the extreme cold of winter so every once in a while these individuals who die in extreme conditions turn into uh these things i would say so i explain this since a cold light walker i would say it's not cool but it technically is <laughs> <laughs> celeste's face right now Hmm. Um, so yeah, so if this is a gnome that came from here, your guess would be this is probably maybe one of the gnomes who like ran out into the cold and maybe died of exposure there and okay. uh, turned into one of these things would be your best guess. Are they are they like aggressive or did it just like look at us because it was lonely and just <laughs> happened to... <laughs> So uh, basically, you do know that these things are said to burn with like a frigid fury um, at, you know, because they are just rage and hunger uh, and pain and sorrow because that's how they died. Uh, and that's what they continue to do. Makes sense. <laughs> so that uh, that creature probably didn't have any good intentions. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we prop slightly differently. <laughs> maybe we open the door. Because well, we need to put them out of their misery, I think. Yeah. I think probably at this point, too, you'll start to hearing growling and yipping coming from the uh, the main room. <gasps> the main room? Where our dogs were? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Run to the puppies. All right. Lock, lock this door. <laughs> Head back over. Go check on the dogs. <laughs> lock the door <laughs> and yeah as you kind of like run back the hallway uh you see that all of your dogs all six of your dogs are standing up like hackles raised and sitting just in front of them all is this tawny dog uh who once again is uh just sitting there you know wagging its tail and all of the dogs are like you know in that like got their lips pulled back and snarling at this at this dog that's sitting there and the tawny dog kind of looks up at all of you all, you know, with its tongue sticking we out. We left it in that room, which means it opened that 
that door. I almost dropped an F-bomb, but I didn't. It opened that door with its dog paws, and Kara has seen enough, and she is going to go and swing her axe at it. Hey, what's wrong with having paws? Thumb check. Hey. Hey. <laughs> 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 Alright, uh, yeah, why don't you, uh, go ahead and roll to, uh, roll to hit here. Truly, this is the most horrific place in existence. <laughs> that is a, a 21. Okay, uh, so you do, you hit this dog um so we can go ahead and roll damage but as you do you cleave this you know this dog something very strange happens where you contact the flesh you do see you know the fur splits and the flesh splits of this dog and tentacles begin to pull out of this this creature here as you see the the flesh of this dog like expands and spills out in this like nasty almost deep purplish kind of color and you see these snaking tentacles reach out and you hear a cry of yowling as two of the dogs get grabbed by these tentacles no! and start to get pulled in towards this this dog that you've hit. Uh, and it just seems to be expanding bigger and bigger now until it's like this large mass of just slurping tentacles and flesh uh, where this dog used to be. So let's go ahead and roll some initiative here. 16 damage, by the way. Okay, good to know. Oh god, you really got me, Celeste. For a second I thought... She hit an innocent dog, and I was like, You monster! <laughs> I have healing spells, so it's fine. It's not I ca- animal. I, I cast resurrect on the dog. Yeah. Oh, a true resurrection on the dog. 300 gold of, of diamonds to bring this dog back. Uh, Alright, so Kara, that was a 19. Uh, Pharaoh, what did you get? Oh, uh, I'm robed up again, so that's a 12. I have a 19, and my dexterity is 2. Mine is also 2, but you, <laughs> but you, can, go, you can go first. Okay. <laughs> and roll for my super fun buddy. Wow, that's a, that's a natural 20. Mm. All right. So uh, as you, you know, hit this creature, causing its flesh suit, if you will, to split apart uh, and, you know, this this pouring monstrosity comes forward, uh, it moves with lightning speed. Um, So it is pulling in these two dogs from either side. So you see the tentacles retract very quickly. It's almost like a frog tongue as it pulls them back in. And you see that these dogs just disappear into the fleshy mass of this thing and you know the dogs are screaming as you see the flesh bubbles around these dogs and they become absorbed and you know you can almost see like the the paws and claws like sticking out like as they're trying to come back out um but they are gone and absorbed into the mass here uh and then the third tentacle so it's got three car you're right there so it's definitely Mm -hmm. gonna try and get some revenge Fair. An 11 is definitely not going to hit you. So that's good. Uh, Oh my gosh, really? An 11 again? Okay, but the 23 on the bite, will that hit you? That will. 
so you see uh, this thing tries to cleave at you with like two more of these tentacles that come out of its body and try to whip at you, but you manage to dodge out of the way. You weren't expecting that the very front of this creature all of a sudden kind of expands and like a set of jaws appear out of nowhere as it splits apart and takes a bite uh, out of you here. So uh, that is going to be 11 piercing damage. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw for me, please. Ooh, but that's very good. That is a 29. That is good. <laughs> so nothing happens to you. Um, that is very good. Nothing happens to you. Uh, but yeah, you were not expecting prehensile jaws to pop out of this thing and, uh, you know, close in around you. So that's the creature's turn. So way... Um, you are here. You see Kara going head to head with this thing. Uh, two dogs are gone, just pulled in the mass. You have four terrified, screaming dogs around you that are just barking and freaking out, and it's not yeah, a good time. Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to cast a moonbeam at the fourth level. When the creature starts its turn there, it'll make a constitution saving throw. So I rolled a 24. You save! <laughs> so it'll take ha half as much damage in that case. So that's so many d10s. Bragging. <laughs> half of 21... So 10. Okay, so it is going to take 10 points of... Uh, so as this radiant damage kind of pours down on this thing, you do see like pieces of... Because it's hard to say what the body is made out of. Sometimes it seems liquid. Sometimes it seems like solid. Um, so as the radiant damage touches it, you see just some of this this mass kind of burns away, um, almost like like oil would uh, being evaporated as you contact the skin and kind of reduce the size of this thing. Um, okay. Uh, anything else for your turn? I don't want to be close to any tentacles. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'm you can back, back up. <laughs> I'll stay down the hall <laughs> for sure. Uh, okay, and then Kara, we are here. You just got bitten by secret jaws, and there are tentacles spinning all around you, and it is loud and oh, chaotic. it is a bad time. Uh, seeing the two dogs get pulled into its maw, she is angry and will fly into mm -hmm. a rage mm -hmm. at having seen these poor two husky babies get consumed, and then she is going to use her action to attack twice, because heck, this thing. Okay, so that is a 23 and a 22 to hit. Yeah, those will definitely both hit. Oh boy, 10, 18, plus 22 is... 40 damage altogether with her first two swings of her axe as she is cleaving into this thing. Very, very yeah, angry. Chopping through tentacles and splashing oh, yeah. parts of it all over the place. And you see as she flies, continues to fly into this rage, you see these two spectral forms of two older, older dwarves who look suspiciously just like her, who are like harrying this thing. They're like pulling at its tentacles and stuff and like and trying to distract it and like piss it off and yeah. That's that's Kara's Hell turn. Oh yeah, it's a family <laughs> affair. Uh, sweet, and then Kara, uh, <laughs> we uh, we come to you uh, in her typical uh, stance at the back of the room. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, she's going to go ahead um, and I'm going to cast Crown of Stars. Um, so you see is like almost like a little firework shoots up from her chest and explodes over her head as these seven motes of stars uh, appear above her head. Um, and her eyes will flare up fully gold as she launches one out at this thing. Um, that is going to be a 21. That'll do. Plus three, 23 points of radiant damage. Trying trying to avoid dog lumps, if I can. <laughs> Honestly, the dogs were consumed. You no longer see, like, the dogs kind of fight. So whatever it is, it seems to have eaten and absorbed them very quickly. I don't accept your um, truth. <laughs> kind of now that you think about it, it sort of makes a lot of sense. There were no bodies left uh, behind. <clears throat> Anything else for your turn? Uh, take a little steppity step back. Yeah, like step really back. cool. And yeah, then... you join uh, way <laughs> in the hall. <laughs> in the hall. Uh, cool. And then we come to my turn. It's probably pretty focused on Kara right in front of its face here. So, okay. Is a 23 going to hit you? Yes. Okay. Um. So we are going to take... So that's going to be seven bludgeoning damage. Um, and as one of these tentacles wraps around you, you see spikes suddenly grow from it, too, as it just really, you know, like the prehensile jaws, it seems to be able to control nice. its form. Um, so you also feel smacks of spikes uh, going into your chest. So that's going to be six piercing damage additional. And you also feel yourself being lifted off the ground as you are grappled uh, by this thing. So for its second attack, since it has you grappled, it's going to try and slam you down on the ground. Uh, so go ahead and make a constitution saving throw for, for me. Uh, 15. Just just what you needed. Um, so uh, as this thing kind of slams you down on the ground, and it's doing it over and over again, uh, you manage to not be stunned uh, because you've saved as it's like trying to smash your head against the ground. Uh, but you will take uh, 14 bludgeoning damage uh, as it's just... Making you like a, a car can opener uh, is what it is going for. And uh, hmm. so that's two of its attacks. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's going to bite you again. So more jaws are just going to show up. Why not? Part of its body. It's just trying to it's trying to eat you. It's trying to pull you in. Because you look like uh, you'd be great to incorporate. Totally. I'm so strong. so strong. Oh, 19 is not going to hit you. I'm sure. No. Uh, so you just managed to like maybe like kick out and it just gets a boot to the edge of your your armor or something instead of your good good dwarf flesh uh okay and then way we come back to you this turn i think i will use produce flame to throw a small fireball at it a small (laughs) a little one um is that an attack yes okay so range attack Range attack, okay. That is a 24. Yes, that'll certainly hit. That's wonderful news. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 15. Okay, uh, so you do 15 points of uh, fire, yeah, fire yes. damage. So 15 points of fire damage to this thing. And you see, you can certainly tell that this thing has been greatly reduced in size uh, from when you, you first saw it. So whatever y'all are doing, it seems to be definitely working. Okay, good, good. Okay, and then uh, we go ahead and move to Kara. Roar! Keep Roar! attacking! I don't care if I'm grappled! Yep. 
I'm gonna make my two attacks. Ooh, that is a heckin' lot. A 33. (laughs) And and then an 18. Oh, wait. Yeah, and actually an 18. Okay, yes, that'll hit. And then I'll use my bonus action using my War God's Blessing to make another attack (sighs) with a 24. Hell yeah. So let's go, folks. Does it have uh, anything for uh, radiant damage? Nope. 15 plus 3d6. 20, 24 plus 33 <laughs> is 57 damage as she is swinging oh into the swing gosh. left and right relentlessly in a just bout of fury and rage and blood. God, I love you. Sure. <laughs> So I think, yeah, you completely, I mean, you absolutely chop off the tentacle that is holding you and you decimate this thing. As you chop into it, you see its body just sprays apart. And by the time you're finished with it, there's just like a pool of kind of this black purplish ichor left on the ground. And uh, this creature is gone. I think Wei is starting to get a little bit of a crush. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. She's car is just, like, covered in ichor. And she still has, like, part of a tentacle, like, stuck onto her, under her chest with the barbs that have grown out of it. And she's just, like, turns around and she's just, like... (laughs) (laughs) And I imagine all the dogs are like, <laughs> oh yeah, the dogs are a little bit. The dogs are terrified uh, on the edges of the room yeah. here. She takes a few moments and okay. Oh, I think we found what ate all the uh, gnomes. I think you're right. Uh, and I'll give you a little like she pat like, on the shoulder and some little care words. <laughs> a little. Oh, thanks. That is five points of healing. Hey, uh, before these go away. And we gotta check the other huts, and she kind of, like, indicates towards her revolving moats around her head. We should probably just open that door. You should probably get angry again. <laughs> okay. Passive perceptions in the party. Kara, you mentioned yours was a 19. What are we looking at for the, the rest of the crew here? 12. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18. Whoa. 18? Okay. So I think both both Wei and Kara, you know, while you're like, yeah, yeah, you're getting stoked. You, uh, your passive would pick up movement uh, on the floor from this thing. And you see, like, there was, like, a pool of ichor left when this thing was decimated. And you see little droplets of it seeming to move of their own accord as they race across the floor. And you see Mm -hmm. they head towards all the dogs uh, in this room. And, like, they move lightning quick and, like, just kind of disappear under the paws of these these dogs oh, no. here. Well, can I can I cast guiding bolt at them? At, at the, all the dogs at the, at, at the droplets. Yeah. I think they move so fast. By the time you would even like, because it would take an action to cast the spell. So I think within sure. six seconds, these droplets have already moved and disappeared underneath the dogs. Well, dogs have to go. Car. <laughs> Do the dogs react in any way? The dogs don't seem to notice. Kara's gonna bull rush them, like, screaming and throwing her shield at them and being like, ah, to try and get them to disperse. Yeah, I mean, they're they're terrified. They'll run in all directions, uh, you know, and, and just try to get away from you as you're trying to swing their weapon at them. Are the droplets, like, where they leave, or are the droplets totally- Oh, no. 
Uh, Fer- Farrah, does um, Kara have a habit of attacking dogs? <laughs> is, this, is this just a... <laughs> We're going to have to drink a lot after this. No. <laughs> I agree. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh... Well, I think for the sake of safety, and because they're just dogs rather than cats, um, it might be in our best interest to just get rid of all of the dogs and walk back. Fair enough. What if we? What if we let it out, and it's like a contagion? I mean, there's got to be some way that we can stop it. I mean, it seems a waste that no one could ever come to this facility again. Like that, I. Mm. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna try something. And I don't know if this is going to work, <laughs> but I'm going to cast Spirit Guardians and mm-hmm. run at the dogs with, in my mind, like, the goop is my enemy, the dogs are my friends, and see if this does anything. Um, I think pretty quickly this experiment would yield that you are going to hurt the dogs as well. So I think you take out probably one dog with spiritual guardians, um, and the dog is is horrified. It reacts the same way a, a dog would, but yeah, you're not sure. You're like, maybe this thing does work like a disease almost, because if it is, it it seems entangled enough with the dog organism itself that uh that you you hurt you hurt both. <sighs> Oh no. All right. We gotta get a container and we gotta kill these dogs. Oh, why do you look so excited? (laughs) No, because that was my idea. I was like, I didn't think about it being in all the dogs. I thought it was maybe just like a couple dogs, but I was like, if we can just like figure out which ones it was in, but if it's all the dogs, then we're gonna have to. Yeah put the dogs down, and then have a container and try and just, like, trap it like a spider with a cup and a paper towel. I I can run through them, and if they're just still diseased dogs at this point, I can probably get rid of them. But before I do that, let's go to, like, the, like, run to the lab, grab, like, a container of some sort. Yeah. Um, So that when mm-hmm. we do, we immediately can get the goop into the container and seal it off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can definitely, you know, there's a wide array of, like, petri dishes and jars and sealed things uh, that you can certainly find even intact just in, you know, the cabinets and stuff of the lab. So you can definitely do that. Get those um, jars! I want a mason jar, please. Okay, you can get a mason jar. <laughs> a magic you mason jar. You find a mason jar. <laughs> a magic mason jar. Um, okay, so what's the, the plan? We're rounding up. We're rounding up all the dogs and... Unfortunately... I never thought that this would ever happen. I cannot believe you're making us kill dogs, Celeste. <laughs> well, wait, welcome wait, to the wait, Venture wait, Maidens, wait, a truly evil before podcast. Before we do this, one more thing: in the lab, is there anything like from the samples and anything maybe they found is like some sort of maybe like cure or anything like this? That if it's a disease. We can just, like, shrivel it out of the dogs or something like that. So I think, you know, if you start looking now with what you have and looking for more details in the lab, I think you'll find several interesting details kind of scattered about the journals. Um, So one, they think that this creature that they found, when they found it, it was frozen 
like in a glacier. Um, and there are definitely lots of notes about how uh, this this being seems I- incredibly interesting and scientifically important because it doesn't seem to be able to be destroyed uh, by any means. It can only be stopped or put in stasis. Uh, they think it's probably an aberration of some kind is their best guess, uh, based on how it moves and responds. Uh, so it seems like they kept it for a while, uh, contained and, and studied it. Mm. But then everything stops. So who knows? Uh, who knows what happened there? But the the general agreement seems that this thing can't be destroyed. Um, but freezing it seemed to have kept it there. They don't know how long it was in in the ice. Um, but that that's their their guess is that the best thing you could do is uh, put it in a stasis. They have found no way to uh, to stop it other than that or to harm it. So. Yeah, and it is some kind of organism that seems to integrate matter into itself. Um, so it doesn't eat in a traditional sense. It just absorbs material into its body uh, is the way it, it, it functions. Gotcha. I, well, I don't have any. I guess we're jarring it and taking it outside after we deal with that shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a Let's faster go throw way. it into that avalanche. Okay, so you get your mason jars, and you round up the dogs. Kara is just going to take out her axe and hang her head and do the thing that she knows has to be done. Oh, (laughs) no. And she will make it quick and clean for each one of them. Yeah. So as you do so, you know, and uh, as the axe falls, once again, you see those little, like, black dots or like splotches kind of race out of like the paws of yeah the, these dog bodies here so um everybody go ahead and make me some uh some checks to see maybe let's make it sort of i guess like an attack or if you want to do like a athletics or acrobatics yeah. or something to try and catch these extremely quick moving things um so there are four dogs so oh That'll be 26. Okay, so Kara, you definitely managed to, to scoop one up and, you know, you, you seal it real quick and it just looks like maybe, yeah, like a splash of oil uh, in this in this jar. Angry, angry <laughs> Bad oil. oil. Uh, <laughs> I did a four. Okay, so one races past you. Uh, and then, uh, Farrah, what'd you I get? A 14. Yep, so I'll say 14 is probably good enough. So you ca- you catch two, uh, and then let's go ahead. I'll each give you one more. Uh, probably not Kara, maybe Farah and Wei can get one more, because Kara had to do axe and grab. So Wei and Farah, you can try with the other hand to get these two. Uh, so make one more set of checks for me. Okay, that's much better. That's going to be a 21. Okay, sweet. Um, and then, uh, Michaela, if you could just give me one more for Wei here, see if you can... Uh, catch that final one that is an 11 okay uh so as this happens you you do you catch you got the one so three are in jars right now but as you like kind of throw down that final jar there you see this one just makes a break for it and it seems to be heading towards the the door uh leading outside no, no. <laughs> it's gonna go into the great big wide world <laughs> and it freezes. oh yeah yeah Oh, unless well. it freezes. That's true. Oh, no. That's a risk we might have to take. <laughs> I'm gonna try... Can I, like, as it skitters past, um, like, as a reaction, 
try to hit it with a ray of frost to see if since it's such a small bit, if I can like freeze hmm. it. I'm into it. Ooh. Go ahead and try to go ahead and try to hit it. Okay, okay, okay. That's a fifteen on the die plus ten, twenty-five. Okay, so I think this works like you, you know, in in a flash, you know, you send out that ray of frost and you hear like a little crackling sound as this thing that kind of looks like, uh, you know, those like little sugar gumdrop things you get on a stack of paper. (laughs) It kind of like freezes into that, like a little half dome uh, just just on the ground as like ice crackles over it and you have frozen it. So jar, 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 jar. (laughs) You can scoop it in the jar real quick. (laughs) So you now have these four things in in these jars, uh, and the ones that aren't frozen, you can see them, they, they circle like the edges of their confines, uh, seeming to move and just look for any way out of these jars. This thing's the worst. <laughs> Kara's going to grab all of the research notes, because I feel, I feel like we're going to bring these back and give them to Wizman to be like... What is Whoa. this? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. This is what ate your friends. I'm so sorry. I don't want this at the Elysium Cave. I want this straight to hell. <laughs> Valid. We do have a teleportation circle at the Elysium Keep. Mm-hmm. We can go to hell theoretically. <laughs> yeah. Throw them in a camp. <laughs> have somebody make a demiplane. <laughs> Yeah, just mm-hmm. demi plan for these mm-hmm. things. So since we are, you know, we got to wrap up pretty closely here. What is the, what's the plan? What's like the montage of what happens uh, for these decisions that, that you're making here? What is the plan? I don't feel good leaving these poor gnome corpses here. I think they deserve like a val- like a funeral. So I would like to take whatever time it takes to like slowly like, get one at a time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. However long mm-hmm. it takes so that we can lay them to rest properly um, and then okay. go back. And all the dogs. And the dogs, sure. of course. And all the dogs. Yeah. Um. So if you would like, you can certainly, I mean, it might be creepy, but if you post up here for a couple days, you know, and every once in a while you'll go out in a party to take down these cold light walkers, um, you find uh, four four that were kind of haunting this this place um so those must have been the only four that managed to make it out the rest were eaten by this thing and you know as the days pass and you wait for this pass to thaw you know you you nervously check in on these jars and these creatures just move and shift and constantly they don't seem to sleep they don't seem to rest they are constantly searching for a way to get out and back into the world but the time does pass and you see finally one day you check outside, the blizzard has subsided and the pass has cleared and melted away as more snow and ice have just pushed the tunnel clear so you can escape and walk back down the mountains. And uh, you can certainly hand off these strange, the strange creature to your artificer. And you know that, uh, that some kind of thing killed these gnomes. Though you don't really have uh, much more than that. But you all have done it. You have successfully survived a mission in Icewind Dale. Um, Thank you all so much for playing. I wanted to give you a little flavor of the horror uh, and the isolation and the scariness. These are all themes that are incredibly prevalent uh, in this this book. Uh, So thank you all so much for being here, for joining me. Uh, Let's go around the the horn here and tell folks uh, where, who you are, once again, and where they can find you out in the wide wide world uh so let's go around the table here and start with uh katie where can folks find you 
Hello, I'm Katie. Um, you can find me on Twitter at lazy underscore mermaiden or on the Venture Maiden podcast every other Wednesday right now. Um, I have an Etsy store where I make D&D jewelry and pins. Um, and I also do art for a few things, including our podcast uh, character portraits on the stream. That's me. What's up? I'm Sage. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, on all those good social media places at Staff of Sage. Coming on weekly Fridays on the Venture Maidens Twitch channel, you will see me running some more horror goodness uh, in the new adventure written by Cobalt Press called The Empire of Ghouls that I've adapted to my own homebrew setting that I'll be playing with a fantastic uh, cast of characters. So you can find that on weekly Fridays from 6 to 8 p.m. PST on the Venture Man's Twitch channel. And you can also find me on bi-weekly Wednesdays playing the wonderful Car Brynhilda, who hacks things to bits. Get it done! Uh, and of course, our wonderful guest, uh, Michaela, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, let the people know where they can find you and check out all your stuff. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, well, I am McBoots42 on Twitter and all the other internet corners for the most part. Um, I will be picking up some Twitch streaming in the next couple of months and uh, keep an eye out for more Dungeons and Dragons content. Heck. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> yes. And uh, my name is Celeste Conowich. If you want to check out what I am up to, what I am writing, streaming, podcasting, etc., uh, follow me on Twitter at C. Conowich or for the full catalog of my work, including, of course, I mean, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, uh, which hopefully you're going to buy after you listen to this. Uh, so check out my website, CelesteConowich.com, just for the full catalog. Um, and of course, this is Venture Maidens. If you liked what you heard, you can get a whole lot more of it. We have uh, over 80 episodes of content on our main podcast feed. So if you like adventure, if you like role playing, if you like spooky things, uh, check out our podcast at uh, Venture Maidens on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, like Sage mentioned, we stream a whole bunch on the Venture Maidens on Twitch. Uh, so please give the show a listen. Thank you once again to Wizards of the Coast for having us for the this event uh and to jason for organizing this uh you're a hero and y'all are great and um wow yeah thanks so much for being here so uh this is the part michaela at the end of the show where we all uh kind of pause and then say venture away together in unison yeah. so oh. okay really good so i'm gonna it. say until next time venture, venture away, away! <laughs> venture away everybody go by the Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Venture Maidens. If you enjoyed this one shot, please consider giving a listen on our main feed. We have over 80 episodes of our tale to share with you and a Patreon bursting with even more bonus episodes and content. You can also keep up with Venture Maidens by following us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Venture Maidens. That's all from us now. So until next time, venture away.